What's up, what's up, what's up? This is your girl Cynthia, but you know you can call me Gigs, and you're listening to the new show right here on Active FM where Christ music is hot music. And I'm going to say it again where Christ music is hot music. And I'm here to give you the lowdown on what's happening in the world around you from general news to the markets and beyond. Um, now, there's, this, there's been this big thing that's been happening in the South African news with our president and stuff and I really want to discuss that and it's about the, what's this, it's been called hashtag CR17 leaks or hashtag Ramaphosa leaks. Now it's basically this big thing that's been going on, this big case where they've basically leaked a lot of stuff from our president and money-wise obviously and it's yeah so we're going to discuss that what the what are the implications of government leaks and why do people leak out government information and stuff like that yes some of them so, some of these leaks are for how do i put this some of these leaks are for good purposes basically uh, bringing up corruption and stuff like that but how does that because that's something we hardly ever think about how does that affect us as a country how does that affect the world how does that affect the nation and the economy and all of that so we are going to be speaking about that and you're also going to hear from some people uh, basically what their thoughts are um about yeah the the leaks and this whole government leak thing that happens and and stuff so stay tuned for that it's really really going to be awesome and like i said you're listening to uh the new show on active fm and you can catch us on our instagram page at active fm triple seven i'm going to say that again on our instagram page at active fm triple seven you can also catch me on my personal instagram page at Cynthia underscore Gix and Gix is spelled G-I-K-S. You can DM me personally. Does that even make sense? <laughs> DM me personally, but never mind. Um, you, yeah, basically, whatever. If you want to comment on a show, if you want to give uh, your your own opinion on on what I'm discussing and stuff like that, please do follow me on Instagram. Follow Active FM on Instagram. You can also catch us on our website where you can get all the amazing shows at www.activefm.co.za. And like I say, this is Active FM and Christ music is hot music. So here's some hot music to start the show off Jesus was the exceptional new act of worship album as above so below is out get your very own copy on iTunes available on Spotify, Deezer, Apple Music and so much more.
did I not tell you that Christ music is hot music? I mean, did you hear those amazing tracks? They're really, really awesome. So let's get into some of the news. DA is prepared to fight National Health Insurance or NHI for short. Amusi Maimani stated that at its very core, the NHI bill, which is the National Health Insurance Bill, seeks to fundamentally alter healthcare policy in South Africa by creating a state-owned entity to consolidate all funds within the public and private health system. This is the nationalization of all healthcare in South Africa. Healthcare Minister Zweli Mkize himself admitted that medical aids will most likely cease to exist under the national health insurance now imagine life without uh, medical aid already there's so many accidents that are happening in the road and all these new sicknesses that are being found and stuff like that now if we do not have medical aid how do we look after ourselves it is in their view as the DA that in its current form the national health insurance bill will not bring about universal health care but will consolidate power cripple the private health sector and collapse the economy at a conservative estimate cost of over 250 billion rand the national health insurance is to is to the health sector what zuma's nuclear deal would have been to the energy sector the party said the party said it's prepared to fight the bill all the way to the constitutional court more with news power grid stable no need for load shedding from ESCOM. ESCOM has stated the, the grid remained stable and there was enough power to meet the country's demands. This was not the case a few months ago when the utility had to resort to stage 4 load shedding after the system came under severe pressure due to a loss of generating units. ESCOM has since managed to keep the grid stable and that's good for us as well in South Africa. So now the the rent has been going under some heavy 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 pressure and here are a few factors based on econ economists um that basically are saying are uh, putting the rent under heavy pressure economists have warned that there are a number of factors that ha that could have led to the rent currently being under tremendous pressure uh Dowie root said that um there were de there were developments that were pretty much negative both domestically and internationally that were contributing factors business report reported that the rand fell to a, fr a fresh 2019 low against the dollar on monday the 12th of august breach breaching the 15 rand 40 mark against the greenback while also weakening significantly against other major currencies as the trade as the trade war between beijing and washington showed no signs of letting up uh, if you remember one of the shows i actually spoke about what the consequences or what the effects of the trade war would have been uh, towards the economy or towards the nation and this is one of them um, more with South African news, Jacob Zuma goes MIA as Derek Hanekom's lawyers try to serve notice. Pretty Samantha Owen, candidate attorney with Weber Wenzel, the legal firm representing ANC NEC member Derek Hanekom, who is suing former president Jacob Zuma for accusing him on Twitter of being an enemy agent, in inverted commas. 
uh, Kafka himself would have poked his eyes out with a fondue fork had he been uh, tasked with delivering court papers to the country's number one artful do dodger and his legal representatives. Briefly, Hanakom is, su is suing Zuma for 500,000 rand in damages as well as, a, as legal costs after Zuma had posted a tweet on the 25th of July 2019 accusing the former cabinet minister and NT veteran of being an enemy agent in inverted commas. More with news, Jerry Nell lashes out at NPA for inability to handle politically charged cases. Private prosecutor Jerry Nell has taken a swipe at his former employer, uh, criticizing the National Prosecuting Authority, also known as the NPA, for its apparent unwillingness or inability to deal with high-profile politically charged cases. Now we're speaking at a briefing in Pretoria where lobby group AfriForum and Trade Union Solidarity announced their intention to pursue a private criminal case against former ESCOM chief executive Brian Mulefe. The move follows the Constitutional Court decision in July to dismiss Mulefe's application to appeal a High Court order which found he unlawfully tried to enrich himself in a scheme to pocket a 30 million rand pension payout. Advocate Nell said a criminal complaint was opened against Molefe in 2017, but despite assurances from the NPA that the matter was receiving attention, there appeared to have been no progress. Nongobo Jiba's application to cross-examine Agrizi postponed. Former Deputy Prosecution Boss Nomgobo Jiba's application to cross-examine Angelo Agrizi at the State Capture Commission has been postponed. Jiba wanted to cross-examine Agrizi in order to clear her name after the former Bosasa Chief Operating Officer testified that the advocate and her former colleague Lawrence Murwebi received bribes to help a criminal investigation into the company and that is it for the segment like i said if you want to hear more shows if you want to know more about active film just go onto our website at www.activefilm.co.za and you can also catch us on instagram if you want to see amazing posts if you want to get to know the team and stuff our, our instagram page is at activefm777 and you can catch me on my personal instagram page at cynthia underscore gigs and gigs is spelled g-i-k-s i will say that again cynthia underscore gigs and gigs is spelled g-i-k-s this is the new show on activefm where christ music is heart music rapid trade is passionate about mobility and solutions that make a difference in your business from mobile sales and sales management to van sales and proof of delivery. For, For a, a demo, demo, call Rapid, Rapid Trade. Trade. 011-493-9755. Rapid, Rapid Trade, Trade. Ahead, ahead of the game. game.
music is definitely hot music remember you can catch us on our website at www.activefm.co.za now before we go into uh today's topic um i just want to give you a brief history or a brief uh, explanation or description of what a government leak or a news leak is now, a news leak is the unsanctioned release of confidential information to the news media. It can also be the premature publication of information by a news outlet of information that um, it has agreed not to release before a specific time in violation of a news embargo. Um, there are uh, leaks are often made by employees of an, an organization who happen to have access to interesting information but who are not officially authorized to disclose it to the press. Uh, they may believe that doing, that doing so is in the public interest due to the need for speedy public, uh, publication because it otherwise would not have been able to be made public or simply as self-promotion to elevate the leaker as a person of importance. Leaks can be international or uninternational. A leaker may be doing the journalist a personal favor, possibly in exchange for future cooperation, or simply wishes to give away secret information in order to affect the news. The latter type of leak is often made anonymously. What are the reasons for some leaks? Uh, there are many reasons why information might be leaked. Uh, some, inf some of these include uh, politicians and policymakers may wish to judge the reaction of the public to their plans before committing a, it's known as a trial balloon. Uh, leaked information may be plausibly denied without blame for proposed unpopular measures affecting their perpetrators. 
People with access to confidential information may find it to their advantage to make it public without themselves appearing to be responsible for publishing the information. For example, information which will embarrass political opponents or cause damage to national security, those things may be leaked. People private to secret uh, information about matters which they consider to be mor morally wrong or against the public interest, often referred to as whistleblowers, may leak the information. And the last, last, last reason that people may leak information is because people may be enticed to expose secret information for other self-serving motives, such as financial gain. Now, here are a few examples of leaks that actually uh, happened in the past years and stuff. The first one is the Panama, Panama Papers, which were confidential documents leaked on the 3rd of April 2016 regarding offshore tax havens, havens in, in America. The next is the Paradise Papers, confidential documents leaked on the 5th of November 2017 regarding offshore tax havens as well. Um, if you look more into the United States, the Pentagon Papers, a top secret United States Department of Defense history of the United States political military involvement in Vietnam from 1945 to 1967, made public on the front page of the New York Times in 1971. Um, a source known as Deep Throat, later identified as FBI age, uh, Deputy Director Mark Felt, leaked information re related to the Watergate scandal to the Washington Post reporter Bob Woodward. A columnist, Robert Novak, published a leak outing CIA agent Valerie Plame in 2003. Uh, we also have the NSA leaks in, 2000, in June 2013 in which NSA employee Edward Snowden uh, leaked secret documents exposing the American prism and, Brit and British tempora clandestine espionage programs. And lastly in America, the Vault 7 leaks on March 2017 in which the CIA employee Joshua Adam Schultz leaked secret documents exposing the capabilities of the CIA to perform electronic surveillance and cyber warfare. In the United Kingdom, we had Spies for Peace, a group of British anti-war activists associated with, the, uh, with CND and the Committee of 100 who uh, publicized government preparations for rule after a nuclear war. In 1963, they broke into a secret government bunker where they photographed and copied documents. They published this information in a pamphlet, Danger, Official Secret, RSG6. 4,000 copies were sent to the national press, uh, politicians and peace movement activists. And um, the NSA leaks were also part of the in, uh, leaks that uh, affected United Kingdom. In Israel, we have Mordecai Venunu, an Israel nuclear technician who revealed details of Israel Israel's nuclear weapon program to the British press in 1986 and Anat Kam leaked classified documents from the Israeli Defense Force in 2008 which suggest the Israeli uh, military had been engaged in extrajudicial killings. We also have um, leaks from Spain. At the time of the Spanish coup in July 1936, the takeover of the Spanish Republican Navy by coup leaders failed mainly because the message calling for a coup against the Spanish Republic were not sent in code and would have been the norm from 
Sudad Linnail uh, to senior officers commanding the ship's Navy radio telegrapher Benj Benjamin Balboa took credit for the news leaks. So those are some of the famous leaks that, that have basically affected these different parts of the world and stuff like that. And in South Africa, right now, we have a, a major leak. It, it is crazy. It's something that uh, the news has been talking about and stuff. And there obviously are major implications and stuff. But on Twitter, they're calling it the hashtag CR17 leaks or hashtag Ramaphosa leaks. Um, the hashtag CR17 email leaks are, will be basically separating the myths from facts. A social media uproar has followed the publication by News24 of emails which appeared to reveal the inner workings of President Cyril Ramaphosa's 2017 ANC presidential campaign. The fallout uh, stalked uh, stoked by the EFF has seen suggestions that Ramaphosa must be held to account or even booted out of office. Amid a lot of noise, we attempt to separate the myths from the facts. So now, what are the CR17 emails or as Twitter is calling them, the hashtag Ramaphosa leaks? There are a collection of emails which appear to have been sent between members of the team responsible for then-Deputy President Cyril Ramaphosa's campaign to win the presidency of the ANC running up to the vote to be held among delegates at the party's Nazareth conference in December 2017. A selection of emails were first reported on by News24 on Saturday, the 3rd of August 2019, though News24 noted that the emails had previously been circulated among Ramaphosa's polit political opponents and by anti-Ramaphosa accounts on Twitter. It is believed that these are the emails which were first first publicly referred by public protector Busisiwe Mukebani in her July 2019 report investigating claims of an improper relationship between Ramaphosa and the company formerly known as Bosasa which has been heavily implicated in state capture at the Zondo Commission. In that report, more, uh, more about the re, uh, report's sustenance in, in a movement, Makabane made, re, made repeated reference to being in possession of evidence in inverted commas in the, in the form of emails regarding the hashtag CR17 campaign. News24 editor Adrian Bosman told uh, basically said this week that News24 is planning to publish further stories based on the emails, but he made it clear that the collection is limited. The quantity of emails that have been leaked from the CR17 server is not enough to call them a set of leaks yet. There are a few emails between President Cyril Ramaphosa and his campaign team, chiefly his executive assistant, Don Nicol discussing potential and past donors to the campaign. Now, a, a, a lot of one of the main questions that people have been asking is, are the emails real? Okay, we see these leaks. News Twenty Four is speaking about it, but are the emails real? And it appears so. The presidency has not sought to claim that the emails are not legitimate, but neither has has he confirmed their authenticity. Presidential spokesperson Kulesa Diko appeared to hint at their authenticity, however, when she described it as concerning that someone potentially would have accessed, 
to the head of state's private communications. News 24's bossman confirmed that four sources with direct knowledge of the matter confirmed the authenticity authenticity of the emails. Now where do they come from? They were either leaked by someone close to the campaign or someone hacked into the emails co communications of one of the hashtag CR17 masterminds or of course President Ramaphosa himself. Public protector Mukabane has refused to say where she obtained her copies of emails meanwhile and her office will not currently comment any further on matters related to her report because it is under judicial review. If Makobane obtained the emails unlawfully and proceeded to make findings based on this unlawfully obtained evidence, it opens up a whole different can of worms. And it basically does. If, if she's using this evidence uh, against President Ramaphosa and it's Basically, she obtained it illegally, then it opens a lot of doors for conspiracies. It opens a whole lot of doors and actions that can be taken place. But now what do these emails say? Those which have been reported on News24 show correspondence relating to fundraising between CR17 campaign managers Don, uh, Don Nicol, um, Marion Spog and President Ramaphosa himself. There is also an email which appears to be from President Ramaphosa to his banker and another which was forwarded from Aspen Senior Executive Stravros Nikolwa to Ramaphosa by Nicol. The emails all appear to deal with finances and fundraising for the CR17 campaign. In them, Ramaphosa is requested by Nicol to personally call potential do donors, including Steel Titan Mac Davis and Mac Steel Founder and Max Steel founder Eric Sampson to solicite, uh, solicit donations or thank them for support. In another, Nicole tells Ramaphosa that public, pro, uh, public enterprise minister Pravim Gordon has been tasked with raising about 15 million rand and that Gordon has got Hoskin Consolidate, Consolidated Investment CEO Johnny Cop, uh, Copeland on board. In the email, which appears to be between President Ramaphosa and his banker, uh, the president asks for the transfer of 20 million rand between an, an account believed to be Ramaphosa's to an account used as part of the campaign. So that's basically what the emails are talking about and stuff. But now, one of the main questions is also, is it wrong for Ramaphosa to have been involved in his own campaign's fundraising? I mean, if I was raising money for something, would it be wrong if I used my own money to basically raise money? Here's where it starts getting important to separate fact from fiction. Some people have exp expressed outrage at Ramaphosa's personal involvement in fundraising for his presidential campaign, suggesting that this alone makes a mockery of all his anti-corruption stunts. The implication is that if Ramaphosa has received a large donations from certain individuals, he will, he will be expected to return the favor at some point during his presidency. However, there is nothing wrong with this in law. It is not illegal for South African politicians to personally raise funds to support their campaigns for office. Um, it is standard practice, both in South Africa and within political systems all over the world. DA leader Musi Maimane was criticized in 2015 after failing to disclose his campaign contributions. Of course, many people think that 
uh, think the law should change. Even South Africa's new uh, political party fund funding act will not require individual candidates to disclose campaigning funds. There's a strong argument to be made that greater regulation should be brought to bear on this type of fundraising, both in the interest of accountability and transparency and to prevent the possibility of candidates being bought ahead of an election via large donations. But as far as the current law goes, President Ramaphosa did nothing illegal by involving himself, himself in fundraising for his own campaign. So the question is, was it wrong for Pravin Gordon to have assisted Ramaphosa with fundraising? And if you've been keeping up with the news and stuff, you, you've basically been seeing how Pravin Gordon has been attacked by the EFF and stuff like that. But the answer to that question is no. Ahead of Nazareth, it was widely known which of the two presidential candidates were supported by which cabinet members. Gordon had made no secret of his preference for Ramaphosa presidency and was perfe perfectly within his rights to support the campaign. If Gordon had used state sources to fly overseas on fundraising missions for Ramaphosa, it would have been a different story. But the emails show that Gordon's travels and accommodations on one such mission was paid for by the hashtag CR17 campaign. EFF Deputy Leader Floyd Shivambu stated on Twitter that Gordon's travels costs in this regard were never disclosed in Parliament and implied that it was an act of corruption for Gordon not to have recorded this travel in Parliament's annual register of members' interests. Gordon's office confirmed that the minister had indeed not declared this to travel uh, this travel to Parliament, but they argued that he was not required to. Um, having, having regard for the rules of parliament as set out in the code of conduct for MPs, Minister Gordon, uh, Minister Gordon considers his involvement in the CR17 campaign to be party work he carried out in the course of the internal party process to elect a new president for the ANC. This was part of his political work from which, uh, from which he did not derive any personal benefit, nor was any travel domestic or international a gift for his personal benefit or grat uh, gratification or related to public duties as member of parliament. He is not convinced that any declarations are required to be made to Parliament in terms of the Code of Conduct for MPs. CR17 was part of an internal campaign process, which a uh, uh, process within a registered political party in South Africa. So is Gordon correct? Basically, it's a grey area, with Gordon's defence uh, cleverly crafted in order to avoid such travel being classified as sponsorship for non-party sources, which have to be disclosed. The EFF has, to the best of his knowledge, not laid a complaint against Gordon with the Joint Ethics Committee, not that, um, not not the one before the elections, not the one after the elections. So it's cheap rhetoric not to finger him for the CR17 fundraising. Merton says. Uh, Merton also added, it is important also to note that Gordon makes and has traditionally made the most detailed disclosures of any MP. The AFF has used this to attack him for his shares in a host of companies. Remember Malema and Sh Shivambu for the fa past five years 
years have disclosed almost nothing on shares, sponsorships, dictate, uh, directorships, homes, pensions, and etc. Though Malema has disclosed on trusts. So now another question that is being asked is, have any of the donors to the CR17 campaign improperly, improperly benefited from their support? EFF leaders have retweeted a host of allegations in this regard, while the Sunday Independent makes similar claims. One of the potential donors mentioned in the emails was South African-born mining uh, magnate Mc. McDavis, who now lives in the UK and is involved in conservative party politics there. An EFF tweet during the rounds points out that Davis was appointed to the ESCOM team to the ESCOM task team by Ramaphosa and hinted that this is linked to the fact that Davis is a former CEO of mining company Zartrata. Which has coal contracts with Eskom. Davis told News24 that he did not donate any money to CR17 campaign and, and was not contacted by anyone to do so. It is true that Davis was appointed by Ramaphosa to the Eskom task team in December 2018. There is no ev there is no evidence to substantiate the idea that Davis was appointed to the Eskom task team to benefit uh, the Zatrata or Glencore or as a quid pro quo for support for the support offered to Ramaphosa. Indeed, some might argue that being appointed to an ESCOM task team is more of a punishment than a reward. The EFF also alleged in a tweet retweeted by Malema, improper benefit accrued through a donation by pharmaceutical executive Stravos Nicola. Nicola works for Aspen, which was first awarded a tender to supply ARVs in 2010 under the presidency of Jacob Zuma. In the most recent tender allocation, Nicola pointed out to Sunday Independent, Aspen's share was reduced and the Lion's share was awarded to other company. Of all the donors now named as having given money to hashtag CR17, the dodgiest by a mile is Bosasa's Gavin Watson, whose 500,000 rand donation is what prompted Mukabani's inv investigation into Ramaphosa following complaints laid by the DA's Musi Maimani and the EFF's Floyd Shimvambu. So what is the problem then? There are two points of potential concern remaining. One is that one is that the amount of money raised by Ramaphosa's presidential com campaign, the total amount is still disputed. The public protector, protector has claimed it was worth, it, it was north of 400 million rand. Ramaphosa's campaign officials told Mukabani it was just above 200 million rand. Ramaphosa spokesperson Dito said the campaign indicated it was significantly less than 400 million rand, the public protector alleged. However you slice it, nobody is disputing that hundreds of millions of rands were raised and spent on Cyril, President Cyril Ramaphosa's presidential bid. Although it is entirely possible that the president's, it precluded any suggestion that the president's goodwill can be bought. This was a principal stance, if, techni if technically unnecessary, given that there would be, there would have been legal nothing wrong with Ramaphosa's involvement. The problem is that it appears to be contradicted by the CR17 emails.
In one of the in one email from Don Nicol to Ramaphosa, for instance, uh, Nicol requests that Ramaphosa calls McSteel founder Eric Sampson to thank him for the money and ask for and ask for another 10 million rand. In this instance, at, at least Ramaphosa would clearly have been aware that Samson had already donated money to the campaign. This is in conflict with the repeated claims made to the public protector that Ramaphosa was deliberately left ignorant about the identity of his donors. The implications of this are pretty serious. Section 11 of the Public Protector Act states that any person who gives the public protector an answer which to his or her knowledge is false shall, false, shall be guilty of an offence. Such an offence is punishable by a fine not exceeding 40,000 rand, imprisonment for a period not exceeding 12, 12 months, or to both a fine and imprisonment. But the idea that Ramaphosa definitely lied under oath to public protector is also not clear-cut. Constitutional law expert, expert um, Pierre DeVos, for instance, is not convinced that such a claim would pass legal scrutiny so in the last question for the day is it still the presidency's position that president ramaphosa was kept entirely separate from fundraising and donor identity for the hashtag cr17 campaign and deco responded the the following the presidency stands by statements made that president ramaphosa was not aware of the donation made by uh, by gavin watson to his uh, campaign the donation was one of more than 120 donations which were raised from a broad cross section of south african society sometimes with the help of su supportive individuals who had access to various networks the donations were made on a confidential basis the campaign manager uh, had taken uh, the campaign managers had taken as a principle that President Ramaphosa would not be involved in the direct uh, solicitation of donations, and the general practice was that details of the donors and amounts contributed should not be shared with him. As the, can, as the candidate, President Ramaphosa did, did attend several fundraising dinners where he outlined his vision for the ANC and the country. The campaign team generally consulted him on the invitations list for these dinners and he was on a few occasions asked for guidance, for guidance on possible donors or intervention where the campaign managers needed assistance with fundraising. Neither the president's nor the campaign has done anything wrong, ethically or legally. It is, a com it is a common and accepted practice in South Africa and across the world for parties and candidates to raise funding for donors for com campaign. And lastly, Dicko stated that from the outset, the CR17 ca campaign team and the, candidate and the candidate agreed that this should be a clean campaign that, opera that operated within the necessary legal prescription scripts and in line with the values and principles of the ANC and that's basically what's happening in South Africa with the latest news leak and stuff like that and that's basically what's happening in South Africa with the latest news leak and hopefully this will die out soon and hopefully um, our president will not be seen as bad even though he is already and that is it we have come to the end of the show how interesting was this segment i mean don't you love news like that where you can i mean it 
boggles your brain or you basically start thinking of stuff. I actually like news like that. It's there's a lot of conspiracy and stuff like that. But like I say, this is the new show, so you'll basically be getting news like that. And you're listening to the new show on Active FM. <laughs> and I'm your girl Cynthia, but you know you can call me Geeks. We've come to the end of the show. But before we close, um remember you can catch us on our website at www.activefm.co.za. You can also catch us on Instagram and follow us and comment on all the posts at Active FM triple seven and on my personal Instagram page you can catch me at Cynthia underscore geeks and geeks is spelled G I K S. Remember you can catch us on Instagram at ActiveFM Triple Seven and me personally on my Instagram at Cynthia underscore geeks. But before I leave I just have one question for you. I want you to answer this question. You can direct message me on Instagram. You can direct message Active FM on Instagram. Or you can comment on one of the posts that I have uh, regarding this topic is, what are your thoughts about the CR17 leak? Do you think it's fair to our president that they would leak this thing? Do you think that the public protector... Uh, Busisiwe Mukebani got these leaks illegally. What are your thoughts? What do you have to say about them? Um, what? How do you think it's going to affect the economy and stuff? So answer that question for me and I will get back to you. I really want to hear what you guys have to say. I want to know what your opinion is. If you're from another country, what do you think? How do you think it affects you in the country that you're in? Like I said, this is Cynthia, but you know you can call me Geeks and you listen to the new show on Active FM where Christ music is hot music and I'm signing out. Peace.
Lord, I really hope that you know I've been holding it down, just waiting on my cue to go Flying through the sky with a golden smile I wish I could fly with my homies Open up my wings and take this weight off of me Float to the moon to find you, to find you Father, for my haters, lay me down to sleep. It's a couple things that I love to hang around and see. I ain't got the time to try to make a hater proud of me. Got two little boys, I'm just trying to stay around and teach. Long as you and I are straight, I'm okay. Will or won't I make it through the fire? Who am I to say? But if I'ma do the job, I need that moving mountain fate to escape suicide. Hoping you provide a way to fly away. I wish I could fly with my Yeah. 